Hey guys, before this podcast begins, just a couple quick things. Today, I have the great pleasure of speaking with Steve Jackson. We talk about his life. We talk about what it's like growing up as an interracial child. The point in his life when he lost his father tragically to cancer and just a whole bunch of other things. I'm really excited for you to hear about it. He has his own production company, so please be sure to check out his website, which I will have linked in the show notes of this podcast, along with my Audible Books promotion that is still currently going on. So without further ado, Steve Jackson. I have Steve Jackson here with me. Quick side note, I have to reshoot three podcasts. This is one of them because the audio sucks. So, Steve, welcome back. Thank you, Jeff. Act like you've never done this podcast before. Where were you born and what time? So, uh, my birthday is August 31st, so 831. Uh, I was born at 830 in the morning. That's how I know because so my dad tried to get it to be 831 on 831. I believe in Germantown, but I don't know which hospital, to be honest with you. So you you were born eight thirty one, and your dad wanted you to be born at eight thirty one. Right, I was born at eight thirty a.m. Dad wanted them to change it to eight thirty one, so it'd be eight thirty one on eight thirty one. How'd that go? Did your dad tell your mom to just hold on for two more seconds? <laughs> you know, I wasn't there. I don't know. How do you uh, not? You were there. True, I was there. I was not yet. Uh, I guess able to process all of my all of my social environments. Sounds like a personal problem. So moving right along, do you have any siblings? I have one older brother. What does he do? He is a software engineer or a UX engineer for software. Shout out to Steve's brother. Yeah, shout out to Alex. Shout out to Alex. I know he's a huge fan of me and the podcast. Side note, he's never met me. But okay. there's the narcissism. He will be a fan mm-hmm. when he becomes acquainted. Anyway, what was it like growing up? What was your childhood like? So it was pretty, uh, it was it was an interesting space. Um, you know, if you want me to lean into some of the pain before we get to the joy. I think the first thing is just that I didn't know much pain of is, It's better to get the pain out and then be happy. I have Kleenex. Okay. I don't, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> um, the family that I that I was born into, I was pretty insular in that, like, my mom left home at 21 and never went back. Uh, because my parents were, my grandparents were racist, and my, you know, my, my dad's dad was never around. Like my grandfather was locked up. Uh, okay. I never met him. Um, okay. And my grandmother had her own issues. Understood. Um, so it didn't didn't really see too. Like I, I was definitely cool with some of my dad's family. Right. Uh, but it was still pretty. It was the eighties. It wasn't eighties. It was the late seventies in Philly, and biracial relationships weren't involved. Steve is half black and half white. Uh, I've accidentally, not to you, but one day somebody asked me a foot no. I said, you know, they the half breeds. The half breeds. And my mom's like, a half breed? I'm like, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, yes. I I'm like, I can't say that in public. I'll get punched in the face. You know, I, I was thinking about it yesterday. I am 50% Caucasian, 50% African American, and I'm 100% me. 
That was cheesy, but I agree. I agree. Even though the world sees you as, to me, you look like before I met you, to me, you look Hispanic. But the world will see you as black, unfortunately. I mean, not that that's unfortunate, but in the times that we live in. What was, like, the best part of your childhood? How, like, how far apart in age are you and your brother? Yeah, three years away from my brother, so he's three years older than me. You the baby, got it, okay. Um, the best part of growing up was, honestly, and this does bring up something that, you know, we can talk about, and there's a little more pain here, but okay. um, my dad was great, man. I was, you know, I'm, I'm close to my mom. Right. Obviously, she's, she's, you know, she's still in my life, and, and that's a blessing, you know, and she's a wise woman, and I appreciate that. Right. And me and my brother are cool. We, you know, we had our, our things growing up. Um and we were very different. Okay. But my dad was like, yo, I was blessed to have a dad, one that was in my life. Yes. And two, that was really interested in, like, you know, supporting me. Right. So he, he did a lot to facilitate community relationships for me. So right. um, basketball was one of those, was a huge thing for me growing up. I played okay. basketball all the time. Word. It, it encourages you. I'm speaking you as in like a royal you. Yeah, the universal you. To me, trauma can feel a little bit like an anchor. I do a lot of work these days. I have I have two therapists. I, I train boxing for mental health. I write. I read a lot as much as I can. I talk to people. Right. And I do all those things to kind of let go of a lot of the anchor that began as trauma. You know what I'm saying? Question. Why do you have two therapists? That's intriguing to me. Yeah, because I need to be selective about um, where my help is going. I have three by the 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, because in my mind, at some point, it's not going to be that many. Right. You want varied opinions. Hell yeah. I understand. And it takes time to find a therapist that you really want to. That's going to be a push and pull. You know what I'm saying? You got to be, it's a relationship. So I'm not going to oh, this is my therapist, and then just stick with that. I'm like, see what's going on. See who's good. See who's not. And move like that. I have one therapist, and she's great. I mean, she doesn't listen to this podcast, but shout out to you. Thank you. You were talking about past trauma and all. What, if you had to pick, that's going to be a new question, new segment. If you had to pick one thing in your life that was traumatic, what was the least traumatic thing that you don't mind sharing? I mean, the easiest one to, to share, just because I think it was transformative for me, was, um, was when my dad passed away. Right. Know, that's, it's hard to lose a parent. It's hard to lose something that you care about. And I wasn't that young. I mean, I was 25 at the time. So when he passed, it was a big deal. The story is pretty interesting. Um, I'd be happy to tell. But before I do that, it's just, I think the context is that, you know, I was blessed to have a father who was in my life, who cared about me. And as a teenager, you know, we went And when I went off to college, I went to the University of Maryland. And um, me and my dad bonded a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was, a, there was a level of maturity to our conversations that was really refreshing and inspiring. And so we, we, we built out our relationship at that time. And um, so when he passed, it really, it was heavy. Okay. Well, I'm very sorry for your loss. No, no, it's okay. I mean, the, the story's interesting. If you don't mind. Yeah, no, tell the story. So he was living in Florida at the time with my mom, and I hadn't seen him in, uh, I don't know, I would see him maybe there for like two or three months, maybe four months. I would fly down, and um, when I was lucky enough to and, and see him. And I hadn't seen him for a few months, and I flew down, and my brother picked me up because he was living with my parents at the time, and just kind of like taking care of my dad and whatnot. And, uh, you know, he, my brother has an interesting sense of humor, so he was like, he was wondering how much longer my dad had to live. 
Right. And... For you guys who don't go, your dad had a cancer, right? He did. Okay. So, we drive back to the house. Um, yeah, it's pretty late. It's probably like 10 p.m., more or less. Right. So, uh, you know, I get inside, talking to my mom, busting it up. She's like, hey, you should go say hello to your dad. Right. And it was late, and I hadn't... I didn't see him around, so I was like... I just assumed he was asleep. Right. So, I was like, oh, I didn't know he was awake, you know? So, I, I went upstairs. Right. And all the lights were out. Okay. So it was dark, except for one light coming in from the bathroom. Right. So the bathroom was casting light into their bedroom right. through the threshold. Right. And as I stepped into the threshold, my dad gets spooked. Yes. And he's like, yo, I thought you were an angel. And I was like, not yet, Dad. Oh. So I sat and I talked to him for a little while. Right. He fell off the bed. If any, anybody who's, and this is from someone within our family who spent the least amount of time with my dad yes. while he was going through chemo and all those things. Right. I didn't see the worst of it, right? But if you've seen someone suffer with cancer, it's, right, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. You know, like they, their bodies just don't really function the way they normally. Right. And so he had fallen off the bed. Mm. He didn't want me to help him up. He wouldn't do it on his own, and it was a thing. Were you gonna help him? I did help. I mean, I did end up helping him up. He he conceded. Yeah. Okay, I understand. So we we spoke for a couple minutes. I went back downstairs. Uh, you know, the night went through. I saw him the next morning for about 15 minutes. Okay. I went down, told my brother he should go see him. Okay. And he died. Damn. And what's interesting is that, and you know, my mom and I were, were, were crying and, and just talking and, right. you know, it's a lot of stuff. At least, and, um, at least he died at home. He died at home, and I got to see him one more time. What kind of cancer did he have? Yeah, it was bladder cancer to metastasize to the stomach. Yeah, ask how long, like from start to finish. Start to finish. Yeah, yeah, I think it was about. It was yeah, it was between a year and a year. You got a hundred percent. I'm not hundred percent. It's all okay. Okay, so at least you got to see him mm -hmm. before it was over. Do you talk to him? Um, I certainly think about him. I talk to him from time to time. I've okay. had dreams with him in it. Yeah, we had an intense connection. I think the the really inspiring part about it, you know, if you take like some legacy from somebody, um, is that when he passed, it felt like he was still around. It felt like he. I felt like there was a something pushing me. Right. Uh, so I'm. Look, I'm, I'm grateful for his spirit, his, his life, uh, ups and the downs, the good and the bad. So that was like a huge turning point for you, your dad passing. Do you feel like you needed to live your life better or different? Or did you feel like you wanted to like do all the things you guys might have discussed? I remember thinking to myself that life is shorter than I thought. So like moving forward, you graduate college. What do you do now? What do you do for work? <laughs> How did we meet? You mm -hmm. know, things like the story. So I own a uh, media and software company. Okay. We do some consulting, but for the most part, we do video production, story sharing, and then we have an app platform around peer mentorship and support. Uh, so I only operate that. Like, I didn't know you had an app. I do. I do. What's the name of the app? It's called Mentor Plus. Interesting. Mm -hmm. For Android or just Apple? Mm -hmm. 
word. Okay. All right. All right. Really quick, you said video production. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Malik. You yes. know who Malik listens to the podcast. I don't know if he does, but you're a cool dude. He does. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Shout out to Malik. Malik is the man. Malik, Malik is, is the brains. He's the heart. He's the, he's the legs. He's the eyes. He's the he's Literally. The eyes. Don't cut your dreadlocks. Okay, so uh, so that's what you do. How did you get to where we are now, this co-working space? I was working for another company uh, only like eight or so blocks from here. Okay. Uh, and was getting ready to leave that organization and start my own. Okay. And needed a space to work out of, and this space had a need. How long have you been here? Three years. It'll be three years October 7th. Oh, cool. Yeah. What do you do for people? Yeah. Like, you said you mentor. What's your demographic? Who do you mentor? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on that because I, do I mentor? Yeah, I suppose I do. I think that I highly value courageous relationships. Okay. You know, like I really, I really appreciate them. I appreciate right. our relationship. Right. I appreciate my business relationships. I appreciate my family relationships, my friend relationships, in that they challenge me and they celebrate me right. to be the best that I can be, as right. a, just as a human being. Okay. And in my work, um, that that is my intention is to, um, you know, make enough money to live and to support those folks that I care about and that I love. So not just yourself, Correct. but everybody. Long story short, I want to do the work of enriching relationship through challenge and courage. Okay. Via video, via consulting, via software and technology, and via a whole bunch of stuff that I don't even know yet. It's to be. You know it's to I mean? be continued. When am I going to be part of your company? Not to work, but like, yeah, good question. I mean, I think I think you're part of it right now. We're, you know, we're. Yeah, you gotta plug it. What's the name? I know it. What's the name of your uh, company? So my company's name is Jackson Core. Okay. The the media space is called All In. Okay. Um, and we're uh, you know we're here in Philly, but we're working on a really big project right now that hopefully will expand. Um, will expand a little bit, and hopefully again, it's about heart. It's about. Um, relationship and just being humble and, and as honorable as you can. You can't always be honorable. Sometimes you make mistakes and yep. um, you should get back up and do the best you can. You so I, and Jazz, I would love to, I mean, you know, we, we do work together. We, we do. I'd love to collab more because I like the work that Malik does. I made a pact with myself that for 2020, I would be supporting as many black-owned mm-hmm. companies as possible mm-hmm. because I feel like it's important. Yeah. And I want to support you in any way possible. So I will be leaving a link to all of his information in the show notes of the podcast so you can find him more easily. I mean, I think we should do a thought experiment right now. I'm trying to figure out how we can work mm-hmm. That's what I think. Why, why wait? Let's just do it right now. All right. What do, you, what do I have to do? I think all we have to do is talk about how our visions intersect. Because while you want to work with me, yes. I also want to work with you. So what do you want us? You want to find out what I want? I think you. I want to know what you want and see how we can come together. Yeah, I think. And and bear with me here because this is maybe the concept might not bear out or whatever. But so 
if we can thoroughly express our vision for, let's say, the next 12 months of business. Okay. And, you know, we're as specific as we can be. Right. I mean, to a degree. Right. And we see if each of us, if the trajectory over the next 12 months, where is the easiest fit? For us to cross. Correct. That's what I think would be pretty much. I can start if you want, or you can start until it's this is your show. I'm just here. You start. The vision that, that I currently am humble enough to have for uh, our small business is we have always been uh, strategic around and, and heartfelt around producing uh, stories of wellness, right. healing, right. right, transformation. Right. So there's, I mean, you'd have to, it's not... It's not a stretch of the imagination to like to recognize that wellness right now is on a premium. Like what? people need to feel well. There's a lot of personal and collective challenges that we're facing that are unprecedented in our mental, physical, spiritual, social what? health. Is man, it's all on the table right now. What? So I think finding as many ways to um, to support that transformation is challenging right. as a producer. Right. But it's worth the stretch. What do you want to produce? So there's some technical stuff that we're doing right now that I'd be more than happy to talk about. I'm trying I'm I'm trying to get better right. and not sharing too much because I have a tendency to just like Well, we don't want to bore the audience, but like the point is you want to share other people's stories. Absolutely. Through video. Share their perspective through video. Okay. And and yes, and I think I want to also leave room for what I don't see coming out of left field yet. Right. And and be able to embrace that. So maybe it's not a video. Okay. you know, maybe it's theater, maybe it's, uh, which is, would be difficult to do given COVID. Yes. Um, but maybe it's uh, financial literacy. You know what I mean? Maybe it's, um, uh, maybe it's getting into like cryptocurrency. I don't know. Like, I, I want to be able to think about wellness in a way that um, isn't restrictive. It's more like, yeah, well, we got these projects and these are, these are home runs. These are good products to be able to deliver. Right. And we're open to a lot more. You know what I'm saying? So, that's a general vision for the next 12 months. Wellness and exploring what other options there are within wellness that you might not think This podcast is sponsored by AudibleBooks.com. Do you love to read but can't find the time? Or are you like me, who struggles to see the words on the page after five minutes of reading? If so, try Audible for 30 days on me, plus a free book. Audible has thousands of titles to choose from. They also have podcasts and storytelling. If this is appealing to you, use my promo code Jazz. Brown. That's www.audibletrial.com slash J-A-Z-B-R-O-W-N. Enjoy. As a biracial individual, how do you identify yourself? Do you think you're black? Do you think you're white? Do you think you're both? Like, I don't have the luxury, or, you know, to choose. How do you look at being... Uh, I've had to come to grips with how the world sees me, which is to say that growing up, my father being black 
and being very close to him, right. I always identified as being black. Right. But it was quickly obvious to me that I was not really black. Not black enough for black folks to think that I'm black. Right. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not black. They don't know I'm black. Okay. So they're not white. Right. <laughs> that, that's not him. Exactly. Um, they will not accept you. Right. So uh, it, you know, it, it, Put me in a space of a little confusion. Right and now, it's I'm me, and and that's fucking dope. And that's and how you see yourself. That's how I see myself. How other people depends on the season. To be honest with you, if it's cold out, I get really light, so people think I'm Middle Eastern. Okay. Right. During the summer, they might think that I'm just a light skinned black dude. Okay. That depends on the person. Depends on the space that I'm in. Okay. It, for black folks who know that I'm black because they know me, right. I'm definitely black to them. Right. But that's just a lot to calculate. In exactly. Time. So it's like, look, I'm, I think I'm black, but I recognize like I have way more privilege because I'm light-skinned, way more privilege because I'm a man, way more privilege because I'm heterosexual, way more privilege because I'm cisgender. You know what I'm saying? There's just so much that like, there's so much to calculate that I do my best to just be a, a humble person who's in the group, and I rock for what I believe is right to the best of my ability. Sometimes I fail, I do the best I can to get back up and keep going what I do. Before we kind of end things, do you have any questions yeah, yeah. for me? I got one big question. Oh, right? shit. Where is this podcast going to be in a year from now? What's your vision for the podcast? Well, I want to do YouTube and a podcast. I want to gather as many effed up people as possible and have them speak. I really want to get a whole bunch of celebrities, not because they're celebrities, but because I believe we have this notion that celebrities are happy and that they're perfect. And we put that on them when they're just like us. The only reason why we care about them is because they're famous. So I want to bring it down so they can tell their story and we can realize how damaged they are. And they're just like us. Yeah, no doubt. That's kind of where I want to go. I love it. I love it. Kind of like destigmatizing mental health. Exactly. Destigmatizing mental health. So that's, I want to get a lot of African American celebrities on here. I mean, I'll take anybody, but I really want the black community to come out. And with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. Again, I am shooting this podcast the day after we all found out Trump has COVID. So hopefully he'll be intubated the next by the time this podcast comes out. I don't want him to die, but I do want him to suffer a little because he said it is what it is. Please, please wear your mask when you go out in public. It is not that hard. You don't have a breathing problem. And if you do have a breathing problem, stay in the house. You don't need to go out anyway. All right, bye.